new drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome Afternoon Drive, Goodman Fry, watch this, smileofhighsports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at T. Fry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale for your next project, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, Terry, how are you, my friend? I'm doing fine. How are you and your family? Uh, everybody's good. Uh, Mia is a uh, day one full of COVID and I'm going to pick her up from Mandy's house because I can't get infected. We don't have to wear masks near each other so we could sit and stare each- at each other in pure misery. So we have a lot of fun coming up over the next four to five days. That's good. I'm, we're happy for you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm feeling fine. She's feeling miserable, but it is what it is and we'll wind up getting through it together. So after the show, I'm going to drive up to Arvada to pick her up and um, probably put her right into bed. I'll say to her, do you want to stop at Chick-fil-A for dinner? And probably for the first time in her entire life, she'll say, I'm not even hungry, which will be stunning that she doesn't want Chick-fil-A, but I'm going to offer it anyway. With that, time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Okay, so NHL free agency is underway. We don't know what's going to happen with Nazem Kadri. I'm guessing he is negotiating with other teams. We know that he's had more than a few conversations, at least his agent has, with the Avalanche. We'll get to that in a moment. But the Avs did make a bunch of moves today, re-signing a lot of their own guys. Arturi Lekkinen is coming back on a five-year deal, $22.5 million. Josh Manson is coming back on a four-year deal, $18 million. Darren Helm is coming back on a one-year deal, $1.25 million. Who is gone? Darcy Kemper goes to Washington, five years, 26 and a quarter million. Andrew Burakovsky goes to Seattle. He'll get a chance to join up with Grubar and talk about how awful their season's going to be for 27 and a half million dollars. Let's start it off with Kadri. What does your gut feeling tell you about him coming back? Unless there's some really innovative University of Indiana math involved, I don't see how they're going to be able to have room for him even if they want him back, and they obviously do, without making a major trade, and they don't want to do that either. So I think he's gone. They just can't can't get in the hunt for him. I think they're going to get it done. I think the longer this goes on, the better chance he is to come back. (laughs) I think if I had to take a stab at it, okay, let's look at three guys that can make this happen. There are three guys currently on the roster that can make this happen. Sammy Gerrard. Yep, that's one. Would you like to guess who I'm thinking of the other two? Okay, go ahead. Eric Johnson, they would have to buy him out. I don't think that'd be popular in the locker room, but that's a possibility. So if they buy out Eric Johnson, then they will save $2 million on the cap this year and $2 million on the cap next year. That's really not enough to get it done. I mean, hold, hold on. Can I finish? As, as Ross Perot famously said, can I finish? Can I, fi- can I finish? You have Sammy Gerard Comfer that you could trade at three point five million, but Gerard is making five million this upcoming season, and he's got a long term deal. That's stunning, and, isn't it? Right. I don't know. 
how crazy the Avs are about him. He, I mean, he's their third pairing, and he's getting paid $5 million. He's an offensive defenseman. No, they love and, him. They love him. They got him in the trade for Matt Duchesne, and they consider him a, a, a important element. I, I've, well, I've never quite understood, because you can't move you out, in front of, out from the front of the net. Right. However, however, um, I don't look at Joe Sackick like I view Tim Connolly, who doesn't want to trade his own guys. I don't view Joe Sackick like I view Dick Monfort, who doesn't want to trade his own guys. I think he knows this team is better with Kadri than without Kadri and having Sammy Girard, who is essentially your number five or six defenseman. The question is, will you find someone to take that salary off the avalanche hands? There are ways to get it done. They would have to be creative probably with those three players. Listen, if you can find a way to trade Comfort, that's 3.5 million on top of 4.6 that, that you have left. And that by itself could potentially get it done. That's too much to get done, and I don't think they will. I I don't know if they will either. I'm saying it's possible, but the longer this goes on, I think right now they have a – and this is a guess. I think they have a number in place with Kadri that they want to offer, and right now I think they are talking to other teams, uh, and this is a guess, about Gerard and Comfort. You and I had been talking about this over the past few days, and I had thrown out the idea of – Nazem Kadri waking up one morning and saying, oh, my God, what am, I, what am I about to do here? I'm walking away from a situation where I'm the best second-line center in the league playing for a really good team. We're going to win, and the money's going to be pretty good, maybe not as much as I could get elsewhere. But it's, as I bid my teammates farewell last year and this year to Seattle, I'm understanding that the situation means a lot to me. And so I thought, I th- I thought, I thought that might happen, but I, and it still might, and I think you're right about about the uh, time lapse being involved there. It's giving everybody time to consider virtually everything on the table, and that's good. And it may, may, uh, may encourage some movement on, the, on both sides to get it done. But I also think that I think that day was over the last couple of days as free agency was approaching. If I had to, if, okay, I'm going to make a prediction right now. Not that he's coming back talking about Kadri. I'm saying if he does, it'll be a four-year deal for about 29 to $30 million. Well, they can always point to, and I think they have every right to point to, that Valerie Nichushkin got eight years, $49 million. I pointed that out to you yesterday. Yes, you did. But, yeah, that, but was, I, that, that was, was my idea. I, but I've been pointing out for months and weeks, and right. a lot. I've been somewhat the skeptic on Valerie Nichushkin. I still remember the guy who scored zero goals in 50-some games for the Dallas Stars not too right. long ago. And so, mm-hmm. to, so to say that my cynicism or my skepticism about this is newfound, no, it's been like that all the time. Right. So I think right now the Avalanche are probably trying to find I, – I don't think – I think that looking at Kadri's situation, he probably has offers from a couple of teams. He's the hottest guy out there right now because uh, – the, the guy from Calgary, uh, Goudreau, right? Johnny Goudreau, Johnny Hockey. He's gone. He went to Ottawa. He went. Uh, no, no, he didn't go to Ottawa. I'm thinking of the other Giroux, uh who went to Ottawa. He's from Ottawa. Claude Giroux. Giroux, right? I'm getting my Giroux's and my Gerards and my Giordanos and my uh, Gordellis all mixed up. How about Gorgiev? Gorgiev, or or as he likes to be Georgiev. called, Georgiev. 
Georgia. Right. He, he likes to be called Georgie. Just so you know, I was on the press conference yeah, yesterday. He told us it's Georgie. But with that, I think that Kadri has offers on the table, probably in the eight million neighborhood, about eight million a year, seven and a half, eight million. I don't know what the years are going to be. I think that and this is just a guess. This is pure speculation and intuition on my part. Kadri is waiting to see if Saka can pull something off with Gerard. Talk to Eric Johnson or Comfer. Right. I think. I think he. Ha- I think Kadri probably has two offers on the table, and I'm not even including the one with the Fs. I think it all comes down to whether they can trade Sammy Gerard, uh, well, and whether they to- and whether they want to trade Sammy Gerard, realizing again. They have something at stake with him reputationally because he was part of that deal. And they they have shown faith in the concept of of the new hybrid type defenseman, the defenseman who who can uh, who can uh, move the puck and skate well. And that's what they that's what they like. And they've got a hybrid defense, kind of mixed bag players, all of them jumping into the play. And that's uh, that's the role Sammy Girard can fill. Well, I'll I'll say two things about that. The first thing is, yes, that's the guy they got. That's the guy they wanted. And he's not even in the same league as two guys who do the same thing named Kale McCarr and Taves. Correct. They already, they have those Taves, guys. Taves is not quite that wide open skating type defenseman, though. He's, he does. We probably overemphasize that he and both he and McCarr had carte blanche to, uh, to jump in the play. They did. They do the McCarr, but, uh, Taves is, is still, uh, somewhat pays homage to the concept of, of being compensating for that's fine. Part. But you know, you know what the Avs proved? They don't need Sam Girard to win a Stanley Cup. Correct. Now, but the Avalanche the did. The Avalanche didn't need Peter Forsberg to win the Stanley Cup in two thousand one either. Okay, that's fine. But I, um, we're not really comparing Peter Forsberg to Sam, uh, a fifth or sixth defenseman. But I'll the also team, right? I also look at this as you. Batted around, if, if you're somewhat cynical on the cadre side of things, you look at it and you say, they just gave Nichushkin, who's 27, he is four years younger than Kadri, they gave him an eight-year front-loaded contract. It was It's front-loaded, but the cap, the cap hit is still 6.125. And the idea is, of course, as his salary goes down, in his fifth year, it would be $4.8 million. And by then, that may not be much of a staggering salary, and they could either keep him or trade him at that point. Okay, let's look at the guys who are coming back. Nachuchkin, Lekkinen, Manson, Helm, Cogliano. If you had your wish list looking at those five guys and then adding Kemper, Burakovsky, Abe Kubel, obviously we're not putting Kadri on the list. We're looking at those eight guys. They're keeping five, losing three. Could you have drawn it up any better than what they've done? Well, I would you just said that we're not going to consider Kadri in this because because he's not part of the equation yet. Right now, he is persona non grata. We don't know if he's going to be with the team or not. We're talking about eight guys who potentially could have left. Obviously, not Lekkinen because I don't think he wasn't going to leave as a restricted free agent. But looking at those eight guys, you're keeping Nachuchkin, Lekkinen, Manson, Helm, Cogliano. You're losing Kemper, Burkowski, Abe Kubel. I thought could you. Could you have drawn that up any better? No, because well, I, mainly because I thought the most heroic thing in, in the ingenuity involved in making these, those signings is they got Manson for four years, eighteen point five million dollars. His raise is minimal. His cap hit was in the in the fours already, so his 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 bump to the cap hit of four point six million isn't that great. And I 
I do think he he did he was thinking of going back to Southern California with his with his daughter and his family, but uh, he decided to, he decided he got had a good deal here. This is a good team to play for, and he took not not a bargain salary, but he could have gotten. I, I, really, I, I think that's not the question I asked you. I, the question I asked is: You have five guys coming back, three guys leaving. Would you swap any one of them? One you'd rather be gone, the other one you'd rather be here. For, could uh, you have drawn this up any better? No, I don't think so. Either could I. This is exactly how I would have done it too. And looking at this list, five who are staying, three who are leaving, you just kind of know Kadri is going to be the guy who's not coming back to. I think we it's were kind of looking at one point, we were saying if they could get four of the group, that would be great. And they ended up coming pretty darn, doing pretty well, well in the whole thing. Well, they needed two of their top forwards, if that what you want to call it. Nichushkin, Lekinen, Burkowski, Kadri. Burkowski leaving is fine. I know. So you need to bring back two. Nichushkin and Lekinen are definitely coming back. Although, again, we weren't worried about Lekinen leaving. I think I would not, I would put it at a 25% chance that Kadri comes back. I think, I think that they are going to try and find a way to keep him. I agree with that, but I don't think he's coming back. No, I understand, and I don't, I don't know why you think they won't trade Gerard. He is expendable, as expendable as, uh, and, and I pushed for this guy to be out the door too. And he played with the Oilers last year. Who was what was his name? The defenseman he used to play for the Avs. I don't know who you're talking. Oh, about. Tyson Berry. Tyson oh, you're Barry. talking about Tyson Berry. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, I remember when he I was thought on you were talking team. about like like last week or something. No, like he that. played for the Oilers. He played for the Oilers, Tyson Berry. So what I what I said back that back then was when he was with the team, I said let him walk. We're good without him. You don't need too many two-way guys. You need some guys who can actually play some defense. And I look at Gerard right now, like him as a player, but even you said at the beginning of this series you saw him as a liability yeah, because he's not physical enough. They they are physical with Manson. They are physical enough with Eric Johnson. They have a dynamic pairing with Taves and McCarr. They are going to be just fine without Sammy Gerrard. The only thing that will concern me is, is Johnson's definitely not playing on this team after next year. So would you have really wanted Gerrard after next season? That's how I would look at it. You don't need him this season. Do you need him in two seasons when Eric Johnson leaves? I think you're underestimating the avalanche affinity although with, with Sam Girard. I mean, they they could have they ended up playing Jack Johnson in his spot and they did fine and actually probably came off better in the final two rounds. Here, let me let me put it another way. Let me, okay, I'll ask you. I know you'd rather have McCarr over Girard and Taves over Girard, correct? Correct. You'd rather have Bo Byram over Girard, right? Correct. You'd probably, would you rather, okay, here, this is where it gets interesting. Would you rather have Manson over Gerard? Yes. Then you need to trade him, period. But you, you're, you're talking, he's got a $5 million contract, and you're, you're making it sound like you can just snap your fingers and everybody around the league is going to jump at the chance to acquire him. The eyebrows being raised over his contract are virtually universal around the league. Yeah, it's not, that's it's true. not just he, here. That that's that's going to enter in any trade. Too. Yeah. But you know what? The, the Avs have a huge advantage. You know what that is? We've got to hit a break. You know what I think that huge advantage is? Because this is a copycat league, and what did the Avs show? You need defensemen who are willing to jump up into the play and can score, and the Avs have a surplus of those guys. That's what makes Gerard attractive. I don't think you can have too many. 
I don't. I, you, I, when I'm talking about him, I, I talked about either. his. I talked about his physical play being lacking. But you can't right. have too many guys who who can be the hybrid type who can who can be competent defensively. I agree. But also jump into the play. It wouldn't surprise me if they're trying to move him. That's all I'm saying. Oh, and, I, and I agree with that. Right, but I thought you said they wouldn't want to move him because they traded for him. That's that's going to be a factor in any consideration of any package oh, for no. Samuel Girard. You know why it isn't? Because uh, they just want a Stanley Cup, and especially one one without needing him. It won't be a factor at all. At the end of the day, if you make emotional decisions because you traded for a guy, you will not make the playoffs and you will not win championships. It's a business decision. You have to think with your head, not with your heart. And that's why I brought up Tim Conley would not trade Will Barton, would not trade Gary Harris, you know, Dick Montfort holding on to guys too long. People who make emotional decisions because they like someone don't win titles. You have to be able to make a pragmatic decision. Gerard is expendable, especially at that salary. It's not going to be easy to move him, but if the reason is to keep him because you traded for him, then shame on Joe Sackick. You th- no? So you're so you're saying that when when Samuel Gerard was belted, ended up with a broken sternum, that's when the Avalanche won the Stanley Cup. No, I'm saying that you don't hang on to him because you traded for him. You don't hang on to anybody because you traded for him. You don't hang on to anybody because you drafted him. You don't hang on to anybody because you like them. You hang on to them because they're really good and they're worth the money that they're getting paid. And he's not worth $5 million and he's expendable. How's that? Okay. No? I'm saying still that is going to be a factor in any decision-making process okay. the Avalanche makes in the front office. And if, if Barbachev plowing into him and, and giving him a broken sternum was a was a positive force in the playoffs, then uh, that, that's that's interesting. Coming up after the break, just how excited are Broncos fans for the start of training camp? Boy, we have some numbers for you. That's next. He's got a problem with his power With weapons on patrol Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back, Afternoon Drive. Goodman Fry, watch us, MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at TFry, at Eric Goodman, if you're looking for wholesale lumber the public. Go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Mighty Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Uh, they did a terrific job at my house last summer. It was blazing hot. I gave them a call. They showed up the next day. I needed my entire system replaced because it was about 16, 17 years old. Got the best product out there called Rudd. So I love that I got great product. I got a great price. And I love that they showed up on time. So my wife, Mandy, she had some plumbing issues. They showed up the next day. Same thing. Showed up on time. They gave her a great price, and they did fantastic work. That's Mighty Plumbing, Heating, and Air. You know what? There's a reason why they have over 900 five-star Google reviews. Check them out online at MightyPH.com. Trust me, they're the best in the business. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Mighty Plumbing and Heating. Why does Mighty Plumbing and Heating have over 600 five-star reviews? No one has better service. 
and they will meet or beat any written offer. Go to MightyPH.com. Well, less than 10 minutes this morning, all 4,000 free tickets made available for the Broncos event called Back Together Saturday for the fans on July 30th, completely sold out. Are you getting the feeling that this is feeling a little bit, Terry, like it was when Peyton Manning was here or when he got here and the excitement and people just could not get to see the new quarterback fast enough? I think it's greater, don't you? I don't think I don't think it's greater. If anything, I would say it's a step below, and, yeah. but but like a quarter of a step. Russell Wilson is a first ballot Hall of Famer, but Peyton Manning's Peyton Manning. But he's closer to his prime too. There's no question. I mean, I don't think any realistic person thought that Peyton Manning would have the four seasons, or let me rephrase, the two and a half seasons that he had, and even after he started, even right. after he was showing his wares in the opening days of his tenure with the Broncos. There were some doubts, and rightfully so in many cases. Right. So, I mean, the excitement was palpable with Peyton Manning, and the excitement was palpable and still is with Russell Wilson, and that's why you have people, like, crawling all over dead bodies to get a free ticket. People would crawl <laughs> over dead bodies to get anything free. Can you sell out that. free? Can you sell out free tickets? You really can't sell out, but to do it in 10 minutes is pretty impressive because if we're talking about last year's team, it wouldn't have been 10 minutes. It would have been like 10 weeks. At Dove Valley, how crowded is 4,000? Could they have sold more tickets? Given away, no, given away more tickets. I, I don't, I mean, I'm there enough and I don't know what capacity is there. I'm guessing something between four and 5,000 and then a lot of corporate people there, so on and so forth. But do you think because Russell Wilson is here, I know for you, you've been on record saying you think they're going to finish with an eight, nine record. So I guess I'm probably asking the wrong person this question. <laughs> do you think the expectations are just way too high? No, I think they're going to go 17 and 0. No, no they're going to go that. eight and nine. I think the expectations, uh, I, I don't think they're too high as long as, they look, we look at this as a multi-year package of building momentum for the future, both of the ownership group and the roster and the players and, and George Payton being allowed to have a free, even more of a free hand in making the decision. Well, see, I see it one of two ways. I think that they have a better chance of winning this season than they do next season. Really? Now, I can also make the argument they have a better chance of winning next season than they do this season, and I'll explain both scenarios. Which one? Better... Which one do you think will happen? Um, well, explain I them think... both. Explain them both, and then say which one. I'll, I'll explain them both, and then you tell me which one you think makes sense, or you okay. can just say I'm crazy and neither makes sense. I think they have a better chance of winning this season because next season, when Russell Wilson has his new contract. They're going to be up against the cap. I know you can be creative, but they're also going to not, they're also not going to have their top draft picks either. They're going to be going two years in a row without a first round pick and, you know, a second round pick for next year either. So they're losing out on that. And with Russell Wilson's new contract, I don't know what kind of free agents they can bring in. That's why I'm saying this year might be, a better opportunity to win than next season because you're going to have to hang on to the guys that you have and you're not going to, I don't believe, be able to bring in a lot of reinforcements. The reason why I think they could win more next year is, 
a year in the system. Nathaniel Hackett has a year under his belt. So does Evero. So does Wilson. So does Sutton, Judy, Hamler, so on and so forth. So I can argue it both ways. The latter decisively, in my opinion. Okay. Because they're not going to be able to add a lot next year. So with what they have this year, uh, the, the hope is is that these guys improve together because they're going to have to probably cut some guys. I mean, let's look at it this way. Um, you, you hope that one of the outside linebackers who is backing up Bradley Chubb is pretty good because I don't know if they're going to be able to bring back Bradley Chubb for what he's asking for, especially if he has a really good season. Mm-hmm. As an example. No, I, I go along with the argument of, of having the having the staff integrated system have a year to get it get it prime. Uh, Russell Wilson at age thirty two. I mean, Russell Wilson at age thirty four is not going to be rolled. Have the odometer roll over immediately. No, he's going to be fine. So I think next season, and and even uh, some people, and you might say this doesn't make any difference at all. But I also think the integration of the ownership and kind of an in. Uh, a franchise-wide mentality, uh, finding out what that is, will be helpful the next year. Well, maybe in terms of business, I don't think the Broncos are going to win more games because Condoleezza Rice is sitting in a box drinking no, a beer. No, it, it is, it's an aura over the entire organization. Ownership plays a role in that. Oh, no, I, I, I see where it maybe plays a role with George Payton, maybe Nathaniel Hackett, but when guys are working out when they're studying film, they're not doing it any harder because Rob Walton's writing the checks. He, they're not thinking about Rob Walton and Condoleezza Rice when they're in the third quarter. Is Condoleezza Rice going to be doing more than drinking a beer? I happen to think so. I think she'll be kind of a spokesperson for the franchise at times. She might. Instead I of mean, Penner. Yeah, but I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it's all ego-based. Uh, meaning, does Penner want to be the front man? Does Walton want to be the front man? Do they want uh, Condoleezza Rice? What if they bring on Peyton Manning? Maybe he is the front man. That the jury's still out on that because we haven't heard. That. I mean, the, the the Peyton Manning story has gone kind of radio silent for a while, right? After it was reported that the two sides have talked. How about a uh, podium or a two two table podium, two lectern podium of Condoleezza Rice and Peyton Manning? I don't think it's necessary to have both up there, unless it's a debate. (laughs) Coming up after the break, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver wants to make what I believe a significant change to the NBA. What is it? That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman and Fry. Watch us, MileHighSports.com. You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at tfry, at Eric Goodman. Feeling over wholesale loan of the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda. Or find them at sthmazda.com. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver says he's in favor of lowering the minimum age to enter the NBA. 
It's currently at 19. He believes it should be down to 18. Terry, what do you think? I'm all for it. Uh, so am I. The I, better, I, the better I thought solution. you were going to say the opposite. No, actually, I, 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 here I go. Here I go. I'm going to say the stunned. opposite, qualifying. The better solution in my mind would be 20, but it, that's not happening. Uh, one and done is a joke. Think of the kind of your second semester as a freshman. You're playing right into, you're leading right into the punch of student-athlete being an oxymoron. Nobody goes to school that second semester. It's just a joke. And what other profession can't you go right to work if you're not de- if you're deemed qualified? So, yeah, I'm all for lowering it to 18. Hey, here, here's my other reason. Maybe this is the capitalist mentality that I have, okay? So I have conservative points of view, and I have liberal points of view. You should not be able to tell somebody they cannot work to earn money, period. It's that simple. That's my only reason. There are going to be a lot of 18-year-olds that make a lot of bad decisions, whose families need the money. They're going to get a lot of bad advice, and they're never going to make it. And that's going to be a shame. But at the very least, give them that choice. So with that, let's take football out of the equation here. Because, first of all, you can't play in the NFL at 18. And you get destroyed if you tried to play in the NFL at 18. But you can play at the age of, well, let's say they move it to 18 in the NBA. You can do that in the NBA, baseball, and in hockey. Which sport is the easiest transition for an 18-year-old? The easiest is hockey, but only a handful of guys can do it a year. And they, they play the pseudo-professional rules in major junior hockey, or they play NCAA hockey. But in that case, uh, that case they've already been drafted. They've already been drafted uh, if they're NCAA players usually. So the, the better, the best, it, it's hardest to... It's the easiest in my mind to go from hockey major junior with the underlying assumption that, that not many guys can do it, but it can, it can be done. There are usually I'll, three to five guys a year who do that. I'll give you the biggest reason why it's an easier transition in hockey. Because at the age of 16, you have the opportunity only in hockey to play at the highest level possible outside of the NHL. You could play major junior at the age of 16, and that means at some points you could be playing up against 21-year-old kids. So one size doesn't fit all either. I mean, we saw Kale No, I understand McCarr, that. Kale McCarr going to college for two years, but when he was obviously capable of going to the NHL after probably one year right. at UMass. No. So but one size I'm... doesn't fit all. McKinnon, Landeskog, and Duchesne are examples of guys who just jumped from major I, and junior I under... right to the NHL. And I understand that. All I'm saying is... In the NBA, you're only playing against, when you're 18, you're playing against high school kids. That's who you're playing against. Or maybe your first year of college, depending on where your birthday falls. But you're probably playing against 18-year-olds in high school because you're going straight from high school Mm -hmm. to the pros. In baseball, high school, straight to Major League Baseball. In In hockey, you can be playing up against not men at the age of 21, but you have an opportunity to play at a higher level. Here are some guys who went to the NBA at the age of 18 that had success. Okay. LeBron, Kobe, Tracy McGrady, Dwight Howard, Jermaine O'Neal, Giannis Antetokounmpo. And even he only played one game in the NBA. And I understand this as an 18 year old, but Devin Booker Mm -hmm. played one game. Now, 
And, and there are plenty of guys who have failed too. But tell me what you think of this list of guys who played as 18-year-olds in the NHL. You ready for this? Yes. Wayne Gretzky, Dale Howarchuk, Sidney Crosby, Steve Eiserman, Ron Francis, Phil Housley, Nathan McKinnon, Yalmer Yager, Ilya Kovalchuk, Connor McDavid, all Hall of Famers. They're generational players. Bobby Hall. But you don't ha- Bobby Orr, by the way, did the same thing. Here's my, the- my point, but my point is this. My point is this. You don't have a list like that in basketball. Well, you got to remember also in hockey, Wayne Gretzky changed the rules because when the 1979-80, the, the NHL merged or brought in the four WHA teams, Right. And Wayne Gretzky was Wayne Gretzky was underage. The NBA NHL limit was twenty at the time. They right. had to lower to be subject or don't have Wayne Gretzky player be subject to major league big time lawsuits. So, so they actually moved they moved the uh, age down. This this to me, you know, we, we talk about Wayne Gretzky on how he has more points than anybody else or has more assists than anybody else has points. You want to talk about the greatest rookie season in sports history? There is no one who could ever top Wayne Gretzky for a rookie season. You know what he did in his rookie season? In the NHL or WHA? NHL. First season as an 18-year-old. 79-80. And he played played here several times as an 18-year-old against the Colorado Rockies. Well, his his first season as an 18-year-old in the NHL, in the NHL, 51 goals, 86 assists, Mm -hmm. 137 points in his rookie year. Dale Howardchuck had over 100 points too, 103. Sidney Crosby had 39 goals and 63 assists in his rookie year. He had over 100 points as well. Iserman had 87 points when he was an 18-year-old. My point is it's a much longer list in hockey yeah. because these guys started at 16 in major junior where guys like Dwight Howard, LeBron James had to come out of high school, different competition, still dominated, still played really well. But that's why I think it's a longer list in hockey. And you can be you can be as old as 20 and playing in major junior uh, in an overage year. Yeah. By the way, Mark Messier was came into the league at 18 years as well. And I'll give you another name you probably did not know. Tim Conley. <laughs> that Tim Conley, huh? Uh, uh, name is spelled the same. Uh, he is from Syracuse, New York. And the other Tim Conley we're more familiar with is from Baltimore. What do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it? An ESPN article listed the greatest skill or tool all 30 MLB teams have ever drafted. We'll tell you who they selected for the Rockies, plus one of NFL's most notable franchises is getting a new name for their home stadium. That's all next on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. 
Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T Fry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale for your next project, go to RMFP.com. Because I'm not in studio. Alex, I'm not looking at you. Do we have Eric on the line right now? Uh, still efforting Eric. Don't have him. Okay, well, that's okay. Uh, we'll, we'll bring him on at 545, but I want to tell you about Eric. Talking about my guy, Eric Cook. He's been doing my insurance for a very long time. He does commercial, auto, home, and life. He also does my health insurance as well, and there aren't really any insurance guys out there, insurance ladies out there that do health insurance as well. What I love about Eric is he is quick to return phone calls. He treats every client like they're their only client, like they're his only client, I should say. And I love the fact that he checks in every year to make sure that I have the coverage that I need. Plus, his staff at Cook Insurance, Farmers Insurance Agency, over 70 years of experience to get me and anybody who wants to work with them what you want. Give them a call today, 303-790-8089, 303-790-8089. Time now for the final word. The final word. Is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, the Abs are holding a Zoom news conference that's coming up at 5 p.m. Uh, Chris McFarland is leading the conference for the Abs. So, guys, what do you think about that? That shows that the microphone is passed from Joe Sackett to Chris McFarland, and it's uh, it's a, a quick expression of the changing in the decision-making process and the chain of command at at Ball Arena. Of course, Joe Sackett is still the guy in charge, but Chris McFarland now is the credible spokesman for the hockey operation. I don't want to get anybody's expectations up, but just because he is holding a press conference at 5 today does not mean the Avs are done. Would you agree? Oh, I agree. Yeah. I think they will be still trying to find a way to bring back Kadri. Or or they, or uh, fill in gaps elsewhere, too. There's right. There's always or, going to be that, that last move where you go, we thought they were done, but they sneaked one in on it. Yeah, just just because you're taking a 15-minute press conference break doesn't mean your day is done, especially on the opening day of free agency. Dave Schoenfield from ESPN wrote an article on the greatest skill or tool all 30 MLB teams have ever drafted. So, for example, you could say Barry Bonds' power or Ricky Henderson's speed or Nolan Ryan's fastball. For the Rockies, they selected Todd Helton as the player and his pure hitting ability as the tool. Uh, agree or disagree? And remember, it's drafted players only. I would have I'm to not. say, I would have to say, without going down the list of players that Rockies have drafted as opposed to otherwise acquiring, I would say that has to be right. I, I don't know if I understand the question. Can you ask it again? Yeah. So they uh, they did an article on the greatest skill or tool, like the the five tools in baseball. Uh, yep. All thirty teams have ever drafted. Yeah. And they went with Todd Helton's hit tool as the one for the Rockies. And that's wrong. And Larry that's wrong. Walker's the only other possibility. But he wasn't, but he wasn't a draft pick. He no. wasn't a draft pick. Uh, but that's wrong because it's uh, Nolan Arenado's glove 
his fielding that is the top tool in franchise history. And it's not close. And it's not close. And it's not close. Because, and I, actually, no, Terry, I'll ask you this. Yeah, you're right. I'm thinking about it here. I will not put up a fight. Okay, I have talked to former Major League players about this. And I know you are more of an old school guy than I am. And I have a feeling you're going to laugh when I say this. But from the guys I've talked to who have played, and I did not watch him play, but I know you did, there are many who believe that Nolan Arenado is a better fielder at third base than Brooks Robinson. Oh, I I don't have a problem with that because I think if you watch video of the old-style baseball, the the players are more talented than ever. And you can say that virtually about any sport, but you watch it like Ozzie Smith make the play in the hole and look back back at film of baseball in the 20s and 30s. There's no question. I just think you have to judge every sport within its within its own era. I'll give you I'll give you another thing. I don't know if it really compares to Helton's bat, but Troy Tulowitzki's arm at shortstop was a rocket. No? Oh yes it was. Right. That would Trevor be a story tool. Trevor story was just short of it too. Right. Right. So I mean it, well tr- tr- yeah yeah, Trevor Story was a very, very good shortstop. The problem for Tulowitzki is if he wasn't injured, he was a Hall of Famer. He was he 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 wasn't the second coming of Cal Ripken Jr., but playing for the size that he played with, with his height and his weight and his power, he was in the same mold outside of playing all those consecutive games. Okay, he he was in the same mold as a Cal Ripken. All right, now I'll go old school on you. He yep. had my vote if he didn't. Step out after every damn pitch and play with his damn batting gloves. I think you're thinking more of Nomar Garcia Parra. No, Tulo is number two. Okay. All right. Is that a six tool intensity or stepping out of the box? Yeah. Okay. Uh, known as Heinz Field since it opened in 2001, the stadium will have a name change this year as the Pittsburgh Steelers will be playing their home games at Acrisure Stadium. What the hell is that? Uh, it's a Michigan-based insurance brokerage. Uh, is there an iconic stadium out there that you would never want to see the name change? Dodger Stadium or Wrigley Field. Nah. I'll go, I'll go old school on you, too. So if you had to pick Dodger Stadium, all right, Wrigley Field. Now Wrigley Field, I can go with a being a Chicago guy because I don't even know I don't even know if Wrigley's gum is around anymore. But how about Lambeau Field? I like that one. Yeah, that how could about, work. How about Soldier Field that now looks like a spaceship and they're going to be moving anyway? But Lambeau Field, named after Curly Lambeau, I mean, to me, is it is that the only stadium actually named after a person? I don't know, but Lambeau Field is really. Not much like its original configuration. Or, is is the Bill Stadium no, named after? Is that Ralph Wilson? Well, it used to be called Rich Stadium when I was covering it, and Rich Stadium was was a coffee product, and now it is Ralph Wilson Stadium. But they named it later. Lambeau Field, I'm guessing, was named Lambeau Field from day one, wasn't it? You should know. You probably went to I the think first game probably, there, Terry. Yeah, I did. Yeah, you probably I think covered it, it. I think it probably was. I, I have actually been to Lambeau Field many times. You know what? I, it wouldn't surprise me if you wrote a book about it. Actually, I did do a. Uh, I wrote a book called Third Down and Where to Go, and they did a huge reception at Lambeau Field put on by the Wisconsin Historical Society. So there yes, yes, I managed to get in a plug for 
one of my books because it was I tied to Lambeau Field. Yes. Why don't you just say thank you? I set thank, you up. Thank you, Eric. You're welcome. I mean, you've written books about the Olympics called The Olympic Affair. Yes. I mean, it really wasn't about the Olympics, but it kind of was. Yeah. Sports, it was sex, about, sports, sex, and Nazis. What else? Do yeah. You mean? I mean, in a you, drama. Well, I'm telling you, as a Jewish person, you can't go wrong with sex and Nazis. You still there? Is yes. this on? Are yes. we still there? Are yes. we on air? We're still on air. I was hitting still the ground. Okay, just checking. All right. That was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, you can walk into any store, try out the appliances before you buy them. Not to mention there's their sales staff that really separates them. When you're making a purchase like that, and it's not going to be inexpensive, no matter where you go, you want to get what you want. You're going to have a lot of questions. Work with people who are going to give you the answers that you need to get you what you want. Mountain High Appliance, you can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, today was the start of NHL free agency, and man, it was a busy day for the avalanche. We'll tell you everything that happened next. Bye, bye. 